0: The Film Guide with Sam and Chris. Part of the St. Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello and welcome to this week's St. Albans Film Guide with Sam and Chris. I am Chris, local film fan, and we are joined this week by Samantha Rolfe. Dr. Samantha Rolfe, um, PhD in cinema studies?
1: (laughs) No. Space. Space studies. Space
0: studies, okay, sure Well, we'll see how good your your cinema is over the course of the next 45 minutes or so Part one, we discuss our, uh, well, what's new to cinema Uh, So what's new in the cinema this week?
1: Well, Chris, it's a very unusual week There are no major releases in the cinema this week Of course, there are sort of smaller releases here and there Maybe less than 100 or 25 locations around the country But no major releases to speak of Okay Although, Interesting. going through, you know, trying to see what's on at the cinema, a few cinemas do seem to have quite a few sort of older movies, like there was Alien, Dune, you know, some some older films that mm. perhaps people have never seen on the big screen. Uh, so do have a look at what your cinema is, your local cinema is showing, because you might find a few uh, goodies in there.
0: Yeah, Definitely. So, I mean, we might as well move then straight to um, part two. Uh, We're not going to have a little break in between, but part two uh, is new to streaming. So what is new to streaming? I don't
1: know, Chris. We've been talking for less than 90 seconds. I feel like I need a break. (laughs) Please. Uh, So, yes, new to streaming. So what we'll jump... um, Normally we do Netflix first. That seems unfair. Sure. Let's go to Amazon Prime Video. And actually this is being released as of today, Friday the 24th of September. The Green Knight which is actually supposed to be being released in cinemas. It's had a bit of a journey, hasn't it? And may well be at a cinema near you either this week or sometime in the future, but it's definitely coming to Amazon.
0: Yeah, so with this one, this is a a film that, I mean, like many in the past 18 months, um, was due to come out a long time ago, but then its it's, uh, release date got bumped because of obvious reasons. And then it got a... UK uh, cinema release date. And it's a film that a lot of people are very excited about. Uh, it stars Dev Patel and it's um, sort of a, f- a fantasy uh, film about you know based on the you know Arthurian legend of the Green Knight. And Dev Patel plays uh, Sir Gawain. And it, it got a cinema release date in the UK, uh, but then was pulled from the cinema release date. And but not like bumped. It just it just didn't have one. But it still had one in the US, where you know. Covid restrictions and stuff vary wildly from from state to state and things like that. And it then was announced that it was going to be released on Amazon Prime, uh, which it is. But it has since been said that it would actually be out in cinemas as well uh, as of today. Um, but we were trying to look it up, and there's nowhere in the local area. No,
1: not that I could that we find. could see,
0: and so if it is being released in cinemas, it's going to be quite a select few. Yeah, um,
1: it's possible that you know we're recording this prior to Friday. Mm, you know (laughs) we're not doing this at four don't give away all of our secrets we're not doing this at 4am on friday morning to get it out for 7am um you know so it's possible that between now and friday perhaps some local cinemas will have put some showings on so yeah do check do check your local viewings but yeah this this uh it's possible that because it has been out in america people may well have heard Uh, seen reviews and so forth there's a few you know when i was doing a little bit of looking at the trailer and everything there's plenty of sort of youtube reviews of it and things like that so it's possible that people have already seen spoilers and things but it's being billed as the best movie of the year that's some of the things that's some of the sort of feedback that i've seen um so and obviously dev patel he is such a broad he has done so many different types of parts now i feel like yeah and maybe i'm wrong this is his first step into sort of fantasy characters would you say i don't know Uh, if that's right i'm
0: trying to think off the top of my head slash quickly look through his wikipedia page (laughs) don't Um, give away your
1: secrets chris
0: (laughs) i mean i can't yeah i can't think of anything that's um Yeah, sort of fantasy related. So I'm Um, excited
1: to see him in this sort of new type of role then.
0: Yeah. No, like I say, it's a a film that a lot of people have been very excited about this sort of new, yeah, interesting take on a sort of medieval fantasy, which has been, you know, the story has been told in many different forms for obviously many years now. So yeah, it's getting a new sort of update and it's uh, it's got really good cast apart from Dev Patel. Alicia Vikander's in it, uh, Joel Egerton, Sean Harris, Barry Cohen. Lot recognizable faces in there.
1: Excellent. Okay, well, that's as we as we've said, it's out on Amazon as of today, and potentially in a cinema near you too.
0: So, what is on Netflix then? Going back to Netflix, uh, is there anything new coming out?
1: Yeah, there's uh, the Starling, and this is oh, yes. this is available as of as of today. So, you know, you can switch us off right now and flick straight over to Netflix and and watch it if you want, but please do stay with us. So, this is a Melissa McCarthy uh, movie. Um, her character yep. is called Lily, and she um, suffers a loss and ends up battling with a territorial bird, the starling, in her in her garden. And it's sort of a unusual way for her to deal with her grief and he- heal some relationships and such. And yeah, seems seems like an interesting pretense. Is this a based on a? Is it based on a book? I'm not sure.
0: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, there's a, bo- that the there's a of book. Thing that someone. There's
1: a book called. Might- a Grief is a thing with feathers or something, right?
0: Yeah, that's that's different. <laughs> very different. Okay. I'm pretty sure.
1: I've got no idea. Um, I've got no idea.
0: It is not.
1: Okay. No. No clear. Yeah,
0: it's also got Chris O'Dowd and uh, Kevin Kline in it and Timothy Oliphant. Did you watch the trailer for this? I
1: actually didn't, know, but I feel like this is quite a different area for M- Melissa McCarthy, maybe. Is it <laughs> Melissa McCarthy being Melissa McCarthy? I don't know, you know.
0: No, it's, it's one of her more dramatic mm. roles, I think. Um, it's I watched the trailer for this and I could tell um, by the end of it that it's almost certainly the type of film that will make me cry. Excellent. Now, whether, whether or not that the tears will be deserved, you know, you know how sometimes films, even when they're not that great, they can still manipulate yeah, you into crying. Yeah, if you've
1: got a really good score. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, good score. Like, I, can't, I can't give an example off the top of my head, but there have been a few films I've been watching where I've just been like, this isn't a great film, and then like something happens, and then I just start tearing up. It's like, no, you don't deserve this. You've not built up to it over the course of an hour and a half. It's
1: almost as well, Like sometimes you flick onto a, a film on TV and you've not even watched most of it, and then like yeah. it'll make you cry, and you're like, how did this happen? I've barely met this character.
0: I was watching uh, one evening, The Green Mile.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: My parents came home. Mum sat down and watched it. And within about 10 minutes, and this was like three quarters of the way through the movie, she, she was crying her eyes out. She had there was absolutely zero context for who any of these characters were. Well, she'd never seen it before. Oh, wow. But bawling her eyes out.
1: That is a great movie. So yeah, that that yeah seems like an interesting yeah dramatic role for Melissa McCarthy. So we'll we'll see how that one goes. Wednesday the 29th, we have a French movie called Friend Zone, which is billed as a steamy romantic comedy. And when I first tried to find out, because when when we you know we get the privilege of seeing what's coming up uh, coming out on Netflix, the original content that they're producing. There's often not actually that much information about the movie. Sometimes you get like a plot, plot synopsis, but often it there isn't much going on. So I just Googled friend zone movie and started watching a trailer that turned out to be a Thai movie from 2019, also yeah. of the name friend zone, which from the trailer, I would strongly recommend avoiding because okay. it looked like a horrible, horrible, it just looked horrible. There's like a group of guys. They all fancy this one woman in the movie, um, and they're all sort of battling, but like also being buddy buddy together to try and win her over. oh it was just it's gross. Anyway, so
0: so it's not it's not a time movie from 2019, is it? A Spanish film from 2009.
1: No. It's, it is not.
0: Directed by Borgia Covega.
1: Why are there so many movies called this? Oh, okay. <laughs> so no, of course. And like 2009, I feel like, okay, maybe we can get away with using this this phrase, Friend Zone, where, you know, we, we were. No, it's a new... It's newly produced, <laughs> newly released. As you know, we're talking about a Netflix original here.
0: Okay, sure, sure, sure.
1: Friend Zone from 2021... 20, can you believe it, about a a man who is in love with one of his best friends, a woman, yep. and they may or may not, it wasn't very clear from the trailer, but sort of from the plot synopsis that I, that I saw, they have like potentially a moment. And so all the, the people around him are also trying to, like she's all that him maybe, to like get him <laughs> to be more attractive can men and women not just be friends? Like, can like their platonic relationships between men and women exist? And uh, yeah, okay, sometimes one or other of those people could may fall in love with their friend. That happens. I I get it. But like, if it's not, if it's clearly not reciprocated, or you have never ever said to them, "I'm in love with you," or like, "Would you like to go on a date?" You don't even have to jump to that L word space <laughs> straight away. And they say, "No, I like you as a friend." Like be happy that they want you in your in their life as a friend like that is a such an important relationship to have like you don't have to be and i know it's devastating and like of course if you're in love with that person like you want to be with them but like you just be kind to yourself and like allow yourself to move on and maybe you'll you know and but then you can still be friends with this person they'll be on your life still
0: i would i think we should make it clear to the listener that you have not seen this movie no
1: but the 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 the, the, very,
0: purely on the name. the very notion
1: the, of friend zone is absolutely and the,
0: the brief trailer that you've seen not even out
1: yet spawned,
0: <laughs> has a uh, yeah. Okay, but spawn this.
1: I hope that like I'm becoming across clearly and the that friend zone is uh, like women I've barely ever heard it used by women about men. I've only really ever heard it used by men about women who they are supposedly friends with, right? But they want more, and they then the women become the prize, the trophy to win, to to be. They need to be lifted out of the of the friend zone in order for that woman to like be. It's
0: so Sam. What else is coming out on Wednesday, 29th of uh, please September? Please just, please
1: just, yeah this next one Let's looks like a funny retire one retire friend's please okay right yes the next one looks hilarious right also like you just said wednesday 29th uh no one gets out alive uh which is the you know true of the previous rant that we, i just went on no one's going <laughs> to get out of it alive uh so this is a horror movie yeah um i'm sure you could have guessed that just from the title and it's about Amber, who is an immigrant in search of the American dream and she in order to you know get get herself on her feet, she's forced to take a room in a boarding house and then ends up finding herself in a nightmare that she can't escape. And I watched the trailer for this and me too. You did Excellent. I did. um I think it yeah, I think it I think it has a lot of promise for a horror. It would scare me. It would scare you. Is it, is it supernatural? Is it not all as it seems? Like, the trailer didn't give away too much, I don't think. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I feel like I kind of get where it's going to go, but then I've watched a lot of horror movies, and how much can you really do? I don't know. Like, I, I want to see something truly original now for it to be scary, especially if it's uh, in the supernatural realm. But I think, yeah, I think given, you know, sort of all the. Issues around immigration and such like this has a interesting, relatively original take um, in that respect. So I'm I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to watch Chris. Cool. How about you? What What were your feelings around the trailer and such?
0: I mean, it looked yeah, like I say, it looked scary, and that normally means I'm not going to watch it. We'll talk about that a bit more uh, later on. Indeed. In the next part. Yes. Um, where I was a big brave boy and I watched something. Scare we
1: Indeed Shall we take a quick break And we'll come back to that In a moment then
0: Sure thing Hello again And welcome back to Part three Of the St Albans Film Guide Uh, So this is where we discuss uh, Sam's Friday Fright Night
1: uh,
0: Pick Uh, Each month Sam picks a horror movie uh, To talk about And last month you said we were going to be sitting down to watch Candyman from 1992. As there was a, a recent sort of reboot, as it were, directed by Nia DaCosta. Uh, but we're going back all the way to 1992.
1: That is correct, yes. And part of the reason I wanted to watch this is because I never have. Nope. And like you said, there's been this, you know, it's in the cinemas right now. The The new, yeah, the new reboot of of the film. So, and I want to watch that. So I kind of wanted to see this one first, and it just so happened it was out on Netflix yep. at the moment. It's Still there, currently, presently as we record. Um, so if you want to catch up with it, if you've not seen it, or it's been a long time since you have seen it, what is this? Almost twenty years now. What? How far? How long ago was the nineties? Thirty
0: 29, years. Twenty nine years ago was a uh, Candyman. 1992. How does time work?
1: Okay, <laughs> numbers. What? Great. 30 G okay, almost cool.
0: 30 years ago.
1: Ooh. Wow, um, really a stepping away, isn't it? Okay,
0: <laughs> oh, this is gonna get morbid, isn't it?
1: No, uh, so let's not have, let's-
0: let's not have an ex- existential crisis during part three. <laughs> We're here to talk about Candyman
1: classic part three existential crisis. Yeah,
0: <laughs> always happens every month. New yeah. existential crisis.
1: That's right. Well, so let's jump into sort of a, a brief overview of the movie, spoiler free, up until you know, and then if we're going to jump in like further into sort of spoiler territory, we'll we'll give a um we'll give a timestamp for people to skip to if they want to watch before they hear any of those spoilers. So Candyman is about a thesis student, a a, a doctoral student, I assume. I don't think they actually specifically say, but I would I, think I would she's assume described as a
0: grad student.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can you can be a grad student and be, yeah, I don't know, in America, I'm not sure how, exactly how that, the the different work, like, you know, it's slightly different from here to America. So anyway, she's writing a thesis, whether it be, it doesn't matter, she's writing a thesis. <laughs> We're and getting hung up on the yeah, and I sh- details yeah, I
0: that we don't need to.
1: And it's a sort of um, sort of a so- sort of a social so- science social studies uh, type area where she's looking at local legends and myths. So she hears about this this local legend of the candyman, who is a uh, supposed one-armed man who appears, if you say his name five times in a mirror and goes on to 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 kill you. You know it is a horror movie after all.. Yeah. So Within the town, you've got the skeptical people. But the people in the area that this that there has been a recent killing, the people are truly afraid of of the Candyman, and it's a very prevalent myth or sort of urban legend. Mm. So she starts to investigate this as part of her thesis. Goes and visits the area uh, where a recent murder has happened. Speaks to the residents there, um, including a a young. Eight-year-old, I guess, eight to ten-year-old boy uh, who seems wise beyond his years. <laughs> it, it, he's seen he's, some things. He's seen some things. Yeah, it's you know it's a poor area, and yeah, uh, often that that means that people are, have to become much more mature very quickly, I suppose. Uh, and so, whether whether this this whole thing is is real or not, she starts to get into it, and it all becomes quite real very quickly. Yeah. I don't know how much I can really say without it becoming spoilers now after that.
0: No, I don't. Yeah. I mean, if we want to get sort of straight into it, we did obviously give people a month to to watch it themselves. Indeed. And also, it has, as we've just previously established, uh, it was nearly 30 years ago that it came out. So I don't know at what point, well, you know.
1: I guess. But like, I hadn't seen it and I've watched quite a lot of horror movies. And you have. I mean, should we say whether we'd recommend before we get before we give a timestamp and? Well,
0: I, I, okay, I'm gonna throw in my my two cents as a uh, non horror fan. Yes, please. And say that I I was not scared by it particularly. I thought there were tense bits, but I wasn't. I didn't have like the tightness in my chest that you sort of get with some horror films that we've watched. If you that say m- so. That might. <laughs> it's called having feelings, Sam. <laughs> Uh, what? We've, as we've previously discussed for some reason you love horror films even though they absolutely give you no emotional reaction whatsoever
1: what can i say Um people tend badass. to like
0: people who like horror movies feed off of the the adrenaline it's the, they're adrenaline junkies like people who go you know bungee jumping or you know jump out of planes and stuff uh they do that because of the excitement and the terror mixed in you don't get that yet you still really like them so you just like watching characters be tortured and scared? Is that where you get off?
1: <laughs> I just I have <laughs> no answer to that. <laughs> Moving on.
0: Anyway, I often get very scared. Uh I, I wasn't. I think partly that might be because and I don't know if it's because like it's just an older film. Like it sort of looks it looks different to films now, I think. Yeah. You can tell it's an older film. Yeah. And and in my brain somehow that makes it and sort of less scary because there's more of a disconnect
1: yeah fair enough yeah
0: i mean i don't know if that really makes that much sense but
1: no um, i think you're right because if you watch like alfred Hitch- hitchcock's like the birds and psycho well psycho maybe not so much but like definitely the birds where it's literally like plastic birds on strings in a lot of it um you know they're not it's not realistic it's not realistic looking to us Uh, in the future from when it was made you know in at at the time I can imagine it was quite nerve-wracking because this was something that hadn't really been seen before been done before but you know yes we're completely spoiled with CGI effects and excellent model making now and all that sort of stuff but yeah so yeah I think you're right that this sort of borders it definitely borders like modern to more his sort of historical looking films now
0: yeah okay well, we could also say that this is is based on a a Clive Barker book, British horror author Clive Barker, and the original film. What uh, sorry the the original story, the book itself is set in a working class uh, area of Liverpool, uh, so it's actually set in Britain.
1: Ah, oh, I didn't know. Um, did
0: not know that. And. It's obviously then been transported to to Chicago in in the in the film. So although Barker's original story had like the themes of like the British class system and the working class characters, they moved it to Chicago to a, a real place. Cabrini Green is a real, and that's where they actually shot it. They shot it on location, um, which I thought was quite interesting. It's a it's a public housing development in Chicago, and Chicago is is sort of an infamous city for like gun violence and, yeah, sort of poverty. And it, ha- it has a bit of a bad reputation in uh, the U.S. generally. And they've then made the focus, yeah, sort of social class and and race in, in a city, you know, United States, which I thought, was, it, I thought it was interesting that it was sort of had those themes as well. It wasn't just sort of trying to scare you. There was also social inequality, which is scary in itself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Terrifying and... We're in 2021, for crying out loud, but yeah, uh, we believe we're so advanced, but we're still extremely, yeah, we need to sort our stuff out.
0: I I do want to ask you a question, actually, Mm -hmm. because I don't know if I sort of missed something about it. Obviously, he's called the Candyman. Yes. Why is he called the Candyman? (laughs) Because very briefly, so when this woman Helen is played by Virginia Madsen, is investigating the story. She she does the classic stuff where you like, in a horror movie, you're like, no, don't go through that creepy hole in the wall and investigate on your own.
1: Yeah. And
0: she does. And at one point, she finds a, a load of, of chocolates and candy on the mm. floor, one of which has a razor blade in it. Mm. That's the only reference to candy in the.
1: Yeah. And there's movie, also. As,
0: as far as I'm aware,
1: there's also some graffiti, sweets for the sweet. Yeah. Which comes up a couple of times, sort of daubed on a on a wall here and there. I great question. Thanks. the The only thing I can think of is part of the story of the sort of backstory of the Candyman it involves him him being introduced to a lot of bees and it not ending well for him. Yeah. And bees make honey, and honey is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I feel like he's, you're reaching here a bit, but okay. Sure. I mean, he's he's. He is part of the, you know, original, like I say, original story is him being smeared with honeycomb of angry bees. Yeah. Uh, so he is, you know, covered in this sweetness, I suppose. But yeah, that tr- truly, I don't think there's a great answer.
0: Okay. I just other... I was worried I'd, I'd miss something.
1: No, I don't think you did. I think you're right. It doesn't seem to have a very obvious connection. And uh, yeah, other than... Other than the, the honey uh, connection. Sure. And whether, you know, whether it's something, whether it's that evolving, where you have like urban legends and things that evolve, you go from honey, which is, which obviously is a sweet substance. And then, then we have like these manufactured candies, so-called in America, which, you know, over time, it's sort of become that as part of the urban legend and people, part of the storyline which i don't think we're getting too much into a spoiler territory here but part of the storyline is that a real life an actual person within the community was sort of pretending to be the Candyman, right yeah in order to do violent crime and so perhaps it's just people taking on that persona that perpetrates the urban legend maybe it's just something to do with that which wasn't like fully really explored it was sort of just used as a mechanism as part of the plot right but yeah i think Perhaps, I mean, is the, it, perhaps the reboot will give us a bit more insight. I don't know.
0: Is there, is there anything we uh, want to talk about straying into spoiler territory?
1: Yeah, let's, let's give a timestamp of 32.35. So spoilers now. I think j- to talk about sort of like a little bit more in depth of, of where the story goes and, and how I understood it as it evolved. They're talking about the, the candy man. She's found these evidence of his you know there's there's all these drawings and paintings and unusual things in the in the project building that she's taking pictures of right yeah and then she's speaking with one of some of the local residents one of whom lives like basically next door to where this uh most recent murder has taken place and then she ends up being uh, sorry i should say helen uh, the person the Grad student who's doing a, doing this this research ends up imagining it feels like the the image of the Candyman, and like has these kind of conversations with him, right? Yeah. Uh, and she sees him like across a car from a cr- across the way in the car park, and he's he stood there, but his mouth isn't moving, but she can hear him talking. Did I misinterpret that?
0: No, that's that's what I got.
1: Yeah. So it's it's like is he is is she. Is she imagining him? Is it a delusion of some kind? Is it a dream? Is it real? Um, and I think like, then she gets knocked out and awakens in quite a gory scene in the apartment of the woman, anne I think her name was, that she was talking with, you know, earlier that day or week. And for me, for, for a while, I, I just assumed it was like a dream sequence. I don't know what you thought, Chris.
0: It does sort of have that like dreamlike quality. Because she um, woke
1: up in that situation as well. Yeah. And the scenario was so, you know, it was quite horrific that, that scenario.
0: And basically, it sort of becomes that Candyman, we should say, played by uh, the iconic Tony Todd, who has appeared in so many movies, you would undoubtedly recognize him. Um, he's a very physically imposing guy he's he's really tall and and sort of well built great deep voice and yeah he's sort of like toying with her he's basically breaking her down and he's mm-hmm. not just like he's not just gonna murder her he's gonna yeah play with her a bit as it were yeah um and now that i'm thinking about it there is one bit later on sort of near the climax of the film where as you as you said the candy man in in legend was it was Stung to death by bees, and so bees are a motif that sort of come along with the haunting of the Candyman. Uh, and there's a bit where the actor Tony Todd has just hundreds of bees like on him and in his mouth, yeah. And he basically like open mouth kisses Helen and like yeah. gets them on her. And it's the sort of thing I was like, first of all, I thought, oh, it, it's probably just a they've made a a model of Tony Todd. Yeah. And like an animatronic, and it's like, and then after all, like a couple of shots of it, you're like, oh no, that's that's really him because he's like, like he moves you know too much like a human, being. and then you're like, oh no, yep, they definitely did that. You look it up, and he they basically got like newly hatched, you know, non flying, non stinging bees as best they could, and then basically stuck like a mouth protector, in, you know, so he didn't like accidentally swallow any or inhale any, or inhale or get any stuck like in his cheeks or anything like that. But then, yeah, then he had to spend half an hour having bees poured into his mouth. Yeah, to then...
1: I hope he got paid a lot of money for that bit. I think he,
0: I, I did read somewhere, I think it might be on Wikipedia, so it, who knows how true it is, mm. that he negotiated a bonus for every uh, sting he got. Yeah. He that... got like an extra $100 or something like that for each time <laughs> he was stung by a bee.
1: Okay, $100, that seems low. But I mean, this okay. is in
0: 1992 and it's not <laughs> sure. a huge budget movie, so...
1: Mm. The the sort of evolving story, um, sort of story between or the relationship between Candyman and Helen is that his original backstory is that he 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 was a son of a uh, son of a slave who who came into a lot of a lot of money mm. due to an invention and he was well schooled comfortable was a very good artist and uh, a lot of wealthy people asked him to paint their portraits he then fell in love with uh, one of the daughters of these wealthy white clients yep. um who became uh, she became pregnant and the father sent hired goons to attack him cut off his right hand and put a, a hook in there so that's his main weapon um in the story is this this horrible sort of butcher's hook that he uses to rip people from, from yeah, in half, essentially. And if, yeah, so he is then sort of, even though he's haunting Helen to an extreme that, you know, to the point that she is put in a mental institution of some kind, she doesn't remember like the last month um, because she's been heavily sedated and such. But at the same time, even though he's haunting her, he also... Is kind of trying to use, like, use her as a replacement for her for his um his love.
0: Well, yeah, because it, it sort of implied that she maybe not not she's a reincarnation, but yes, mm. he sees her as the woman that he fell in love with. And then, I mean, as we're in spoilers, we might as well yeah go we're for it. Full hog. The the ending is is that he basically tricks her initially. He says, you know, they make a deal that he's he's stolen a baby. And he basically says, If you give yourself up to me, I'll make sure the baby's safe. And that's a trick. And he actually tries to basically set fire to the baby and Helen and himself. And like, so they'll all be together. Mm. And she manages to actually save the baby, but in the process gets horribly burnt and herself dies. But right at the end, because her husband, who is a, a slime ball who has been cheating on her throughout with one of uh. his young students, Uh, he's he's, he's a university professor and yeah he's quite the philanderer he that could um, be another
1: rant but I'll hold my tongue
0: yeah he basically accidentally right at the end summons her by saying her name in front of the mirror five times Mm. and she comes along and absolutely guts him and so and then right at the end like the last image of the film is in the, this building in the projects where there's been this mural of him. There is now a, a mural of who appears to be Helen, a, a woman who appears to be Helen, and she's sort of now like taken her place, sort of amongst the the sort of folklore,
1: the legend. Yeah, the yeah. legend. So this this is why it's interesting that there is a reboot because I would actually kind of like to watch it again now that I've sort of let it sink in and okay, all of those theme i like i can understand like the themes a bit more easily and perhaps some of some of the confusion as to whether it was a dream a delusion yes so on you know or was that was the whole thing real i can like kind of put that aside a little bit more and actually focus on the the more in-depth themes that run through it i think that's you know the imagery is so throughout is very powerful you know all of those murals like you said and the graffiti and Everything is is very, very poignant as well. And yeah, I think there's a lot I think there's a lot more to it than perhaps First Watch gives you.
0: Sure. So your overall, pick for next month is Candyman.
1: Yes. No. So overall, I would say there was genuine tension in some of the scenes. And that was sort of helped by this unknowing as to whether it was a dream, real delusion was it was it was it supernatural or not? But then, for me personally, and I've already said this before, that sort of supernatural things don't necessarily invoke a fear response with for me, so that that brought the fear factor down a little bit once I'd understood where we were going with that. but overall fear factor out of ten, I'd give it a six, okay, so on par with Mar, hang on <laughs> uh, no, on
0: par with Ma, you said it,
1: yeah. And uh, yeah, so next time.
0: Yes, what are we um, watching next
1: time? Friday Friday Night. We are going to, well, this this is, I know like Amazon and Netflix obviously um, are subscription. So they are paywalled um, in themselves. But this movie uh, wasn't available for free once you've paid the subscription on any platform that I could find. If you want to watch along, uh, you will need to rent or or buy this. Um, It's available on Prime Video to rent or buy. It's called Jennifer's Body. Oh, yes. And this is a 2008, I think it was, or 2009. The reason I picked this is because yesterday, Thursday, as it so happens, uh, this year, the 23rd of September every year, is Bisexual Visibility Day. And bisexuals don't often get represented in media very well. So I had a look to find out, you know, is there actually any movie that is also a horror movie that has good or sort of positive bisexual representation in it? And there's a website called Ranker, where people can rank movies based on sort of arbitrary questions. So for example, this one is horror movies with the most positive bisexual representation. And Jennifer's Body tops the list with I think it was like 90 votes to 17 as positive, yeah, uh, representation of, of bisexuals in. So we'll give it a, give it a watch.
0: I've just gone onto ranker.com to find yes. out what other lists you can find. Mm. Underrated sci fi horror movies where scientists go too far. Right. Underrated sci fi movies where there's only one person left alive. <laughs>
1: okay. The so most yeah, so patriotic
0: has... movies of all time.
1: Yeah, so there's these sort of, you know, random almost, but not random questions or statements that you can, like, rank and having, like, positive representation of LGBT plus characters is obviously been an issue over the years, but especially for bisexuals and given that it is Bi-Visibility Day yesterday, the 23rd of September, let's see how positive jennifer's body truly is and this has out bisexual megan fox and what's her face out mean girls chris what's her name
0: amanda safe that's
1: it i can never say her last name so i would just let you say it cool so yeah let's let's see what goes on with that
0: hi i'm matt adams the heart of the hearts advertiser
1: for over 10 years join me and host danny smith for the st albans podcast a weekly look at the news views and reviews of the city and district of st albans as well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com.
0: Right. It is part four. So that means uh, we're going to start saying sentences properly and talk about Sam's pick of films on free to air television starting tonight, Friday, 24th September. Where are we going?
1: Speak for yourself. I'll say sentences incorrectly if I want.
0: Go for it. You do you, Sam. You do you. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Chris. We are watching Captain Phillips from 2013. This is based on a true story of a, what would you call it's a,
0: it? It's a hijacking.
1: Hijacking, that's that's the word I'm looking for, yes. Um, Smiley pi- pirates. Yes, pirates, um, and we've got Tom Hanks playing Captain Phillips.
0: This film features one of the best acted scenes.
1: Chris, you took the words it... out of my mouth.
0: Sorry. Sorry, no, this it's is Sorry, this is your section.
1: It's fine, it's fine. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to be in total agreement with you that, if anyone's going to win an Oscar for a single scene, it's it's Tom Hanks in this movie.
0: I'm pretty sure Tom Hanks wasn't even nominated for Captain Phillips.
1: What? Which but- is
0: insane because it's his basically the scene is right near the end and he's very traumatized after the hijacking of his ship and he basically goes into shock. And he's getting a medical examination from an, a Navy medic, who I believe was a real Navy medic. Mm, they basically said, so. do do what you'd do.
1: I mean, that's what you want, isn't it?
0: It is. Um, yes, Tom Hanks wasn't nominated for this. And he he is then, he's just going into shock. And he's trying to answer her questions, but also he's basically not listening to her. He's his His mind is all over the place. And it's just... Absolutely heartbreaking, especially because he's 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 been keeping it together mm-hmm. for the entire movie to to help get his crew safe. He's also trying to make sure everything ends like without bloodshed. And he just, every emotion starts pouring out of him. And it's just superb acting.
1: Yep. Agreed. 100%.
0: And it's one of those things like when i watched that it was you know you know how good tom hanks is as an actor i mean he's a two time oscar winner you know he's he's done so many great things but i think it was that scene that sort of in my mind elevated him to like all time great sort of thing
1: yeah fantastic
0: it was just perfect
1: yeah so if for nothing else that scene is worth watching the entire movie
0: yeah definitely now, I see, so that's, that's Friday at 9pm uh, ITV4. Uh, I see you've gone for three movies on Saturday, the 25th of September.
1: Truly, Chris, like this week, the choice of films were very minimal. I mean, the fact I've gotten, I think, six movies here overall is amazing because literally there's barely anything on. And then one channel, I think it was... Great movies, classic. Okay. Not even, not even great Movies, Like no, you know, uh, I think it was a uh, Freeview channel fifty one or fifty five, something like that. Is literally dedicated for the entire week and possibly for the next three months, four months, however many months it is until Christmas. Literally two Christmas movies back to back, twenty four seven.
0: Are they not even doing Halloween movies, Surely,
1: no, just skip straight to Christmas. Apparently, but okay that's fine. You do you, great movies classic. You do you, but that's not for me. I'm not a big fan of Christmas movies as it is. Sure. And I don't want to watch them in September. So yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people like Christmas and Christmas movies, but anyway, this by the by. So that's why there are three on Saturday because the week had literally nothing else going. Like the weekdays had nothing else going. So at 4.05 PM on Five Star, you can catch the fantastic contact of 1997 fame with Jodie Foster, the one, the only.
0: The one, the only.
1: So she is a an astrophysicist, a radio astronomer, more precisely, who ends up working on a team who happen to pick up a signal from outer space. And it turns out that the signal has a signal within the signal, and that signal has a signal within the signal within the signal, and it contains instructions on how to build some kind of machine and it, but it isn't just about alien contact it isn't just about going into outer space or visiting aliens or aliens visiting us it's the human reaction to that first contact and to the, and the implications of that which i just think is really interesting and how yeah. would how would humankind react IRL to such a thing and I, I think the movie and the original book, you know, probably has a lot of truth to what would happen, unfortunately. But, yeah, it's a great movie. So
0: once people have, have contacts ease them into having a bit of alien fun, What, how can they continue that alien fun on Saturday?
1: Yeah, perfectly timed at 6.50pm on Film 4. From 2011, we have Super 8, oh, which, yeah, yeah we... we Love we liked this movie back when it came we out saw it didn't in the cinema, indeed, and uh, Super Eight for anyone who is well definitely younger than us, because you know I'm not super familiar with what a Super Eight is in the first place, but it's a a format for recording film, kind of like a eight track music video, but <laughs> a film version, I guess I don't know um, yeah it,
0: yes, it's a it's a a form a file format basically for yeah movies, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you had a Super 8 video camera and you had the so 8 millimeters
0: wide. So, there, you,
1: yeah. there you go. That's where the 8 come from. Um, and so you've got this technology that was becoming much more widely available at the time in like the 80s or whatever, uh, early 90s maybe. And some kids have gotten access to this and they go out filming, making silly films, but then come across or I think there's a, cra- a train crash, isn't it? Yes, there is. Yeah. And they end up accidentally recording and and seeing, obviously, uh this sort of creature of some kind um escaping from this train that has crashed. Uh, and yeah, so we've got this this whole sort of monster movie, uh, alien monster movie. Yeah, which I I remember being really good. I haven't actually watched it for quite a few years, so I would actually like to watch it again. So maybe here's our chance.
0: There you go. And if there's a bit of an overlap here, sadly. People don't fancy aliens on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, but they fa- fancy some other kind of destructive force of nature. Uh, where can they go?
1: You can catch Helen Hunt on 5 Star at 7.05pm in the 1996 classic Twister.
0: Now, we watched this relatively recently, didn't we?
1: We did. And this is part of the reason I included it, because I was like, well, if people haven't seen this, they definitely shouldn't. And here's, here's, here's your prime opportunity um, to watch it. Yeah. Because it's... I don't know. It's it's yeah. It 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 came out in sort of that flurry of disaster, nature disaster movies. You had all like the volcano and your Dante's Peak and Twister and Jurassic Park. No, um, uh, all around that sort of time. But yeah. and like you say, we watched it recently, and it could have been just a a mess of a movie. But it's actually really you know it w- maybe it wouldn't have held up so well. But I think it holds up pretty well. And yeah, I mean.
0: So some of, some of the effects are still i mean some so, yeah like it came out well i mean can you do the maths uh Sam, as you've been struggling Apparently
1: with Apparently uh... not 27 26 28 i don't know
0: when so it's 25 years ago Sam.
1: I was in the ballpark
0: so yeah some of the some of the effects that don't hold up actually there are there are a couple bits um i'm i'm thinking specifically the scene where Twister hits a drive-through movie um, mm. theater at night, which I think is really well done. It's really clever. And they got a decent amount of practical effects in there as well, uh, not just um, CGI extravaganza.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah,
0: it, it's it's a good fun disaster movie.
1: Yes, if you, yeah, if you're going to put fun and disaster in the same sentence, I guess fun why not
0: disaster movie?
1: Why not Twister?
0: Okay, so moving on to Sunday, twenty sixth September, on ITV Four at eleven forty, you have.
1: This is eleven forty PM. Just eleven forty
0: a PM, twenty minutes to midnight.
1: Total Recall. Now, Original. which Total
0: Recall? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, got to, be very got to specific clarify. here.
1: Original and best. Not that I've seen the remake, to be fair, but I'm a I've heard terrible things. Nineteen ninety, this came out. Arnold Schwarzenegger turns out. He goes to Mars and all is not as it seems, Chris.
0: (laughs) Can you remember the plot of Total Recall?
1: Uh, Just the fact that it was eye-popping and titillating.
0: So, yeah, uh, triply so. So Total Recall is a, you get implanted memories. In the future, you can get implanted memories, and he and Arnold Schwarzenegger wants to have implanted memories of when he of going to Mars on holiday. And as he has the program done, things things go crazy, and and the procedure itself goes wrong, and it turns out, oh no, we can't have that. It, it's unlocked some memories that he has, and it, oh, he was a spy, and he's been to Mars before, and there is something to do with Mars, and so he has to then basically find his way to Mars while people pursue him, and you know because of these unlocked memories. That would like lay dormant in him. Okay, and it's it's Arnie at its best. Some great, you. I mean, you, you alluded to it there with the eye popping bit. Some great practical effects, mm-hmm. um, animatronics, and prosthetics, and things like that. It's just oh, great. Love a bit of classic Arnie.
1: So, yeah, definitely recommend that.
0: And uh, so very different from that. On Monday, the final film of uh, your picks for the week. Uh, Monday, 27th of September, on Film Forty at 2.50pm. What do we have?
1: 12 Angry Men, 1957.
0: I see. I've never seen this.
1: I've never seen this. And
0: and it's, it's one of those classics.
1: It is a classic that, as far as I've heard, like I say, never seen it. And truly, there was very, very little else to pick. But the part mm-hmm. of the reason I picked this is because mm-hmm. of the fact it has that classic status and but, but also, perhaps it's not that widely widely available. So here's an opportunity to, to catch that. Honestly, I have not much to say about it. I'm sorry. It seems to, you know, end, <laughs> let's end on a not much to say, but...
0: Bit of ambiguity. Indeed. Cool. Well, yeah, let's leave it there. So, uh, Sam, where can people contact you if they have any uh, views on anything we've discussed uh, so far today?
1: Yeah, do get in contact, especially, uh, well about anything, as you, as you say, Chris, about, you know, anything we've discussed, but especially uh, regarding Friday Fright Night movies, Candyman, any of the previous ones or the upcoming uh, Jennifer's Body. And yeah, my email is sam at Or if you'd like to speak with Chris, you can email him, chris at com. And you can also catch us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at St Podcast.
0: Sounds good. Well, we will uh, see you in a couple of weeks when the roles are reversed.
1: Next week, hear from Danny and Howard Linsky. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.